talking about life, faith, and everything in between. This is Messy Christianity. And welcome back to Messy Christianity. Hello, boys. Hey there. Hey, how you like these new soft, comfortable chairs we put in the podcast studio? I'm going to sleep already. Aren't they nice? Not that the listener needs to go to sleep. I, I was not a... <laughs> Suggestion, subliminally. I don't think they could go to sleep on today's topic. I don't know. It sounds like Kevin's voice is just that soothing. He's got the FM DJ late night And if you happen to be listening to this late at night, I'll be here. My name is DJ Love. (laughs) And that's a great transition into today's topic. (laughs) Yes, it is. Actually, so here's a question. Here's the topic. Would the early church celebrate Easter Hmm. the way we do? I think that makes it a little bit the way we do. The way we do, yeah, yeah. Um, so, gosh, we could e- we could either start by explaining the way we do, or we could just go straight into how the early church would celebrate. I I don't think that they would. I really don't think they would. I don't think that they would actually have a special day to celebrate Easter because, based on church history, they celebrated Easter every single Sunday. Yeah, the resurrection was the thing that was. Um, most prominent in their worship. Well, keep in mind also that it was not the very early church, the very beginning, that was even celebrating on Sunday. They were worshiping every single day. They were going to the synagogues, they were meeting in people's homes, and so it was this constant, everyday life-on-life adventure that they were living, and the resurrection was the central aspect of it. It was the fulfillment of everything that had been prophesied, taught, uh, through the through the entire meta narrative of Scripture up to that point, everything in the Old Testament and the life of Jesus up until that point, so there was not even a foundation of of Easter, uh, the, the the word. It was the resurrection. It was the it was that Christ died, came back to life, and that is the core of Christianity as a whole from that very early perspective. Yeah, the official celebration of Easter wouldn't have happened until the second century. And so first century believers, like you said, the, the, the resurrection was core to their belief, but it was just, it was a, a constant weight on their mind. Even Paul said it this way. He said, without the resurrection, our hope is in vain. Right. So, you know, I, I think it, it's the linchpin of everything we believe. Well, the resurrection for the early church is what set them apart from everything else that was out there in the world. There was no other religion that was celebrated and... And that you would lay your life down for based on, hey, this prophet, he lived, he talked about God, guess what, he died, but he came back to life, and he's the resurrection and the life. That really was the core of it. It was, it was the resurrection is what set them apart. So if you compare that to, to today's religions, yeah, the resurrection still sets us apart, but that it doesn't seem to be the focal point that drives Christianity, that drives the church, that drives the, the, the core of who we are. Yeah. And I, I could go on tangents on that all day long, but it, there, it, it's almost like the resurrection, maybe, maybe because Christianity has become so commonplace, the resurrection has become commonplace. Mm-hmm. I know in my own heart and in my own preaching, I have focused on the resurrection much more over the last few years than I had ever before, because it's... It, it, appears to me that in and it's I'm so deeply convic- convinced and convicted of this that the resurrection truly is the differentiation between every other faith 
and the Christian faith. Yeah. Buddha's still in the grave. Uh, Muhammad. Muhammad's still in the grave. You Con- know, every Confucius. Confucius, <laughs> I don't Confucius know if he, say. I don't see real. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> every other prophet, every other religious leader yeah. is dead. Jesus is alive. That's a big deal. You know, you can go all the way back to, um, I don't remember who first came out with it. I, I first read it through uh, Josh McDowell, but The Lord Liar Lunatic. Do you mm-hmm. know who? C.S. Lewis. Was it C.S. Lewis yeah. who came up with that? Yeah. Yeah. So for the listeners who don't fully understand, you can you give a quick uh Well, if you know anything about C.S. Lewis, or if you don't, rather, C.S. Lewis, uh, one of the most intelligent men that's ever lived, was not a Christ follower through conversations with J.R.R. Tolkien, who wrote Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit and, and those stories, through their conversations, Tolkien won C.S. Lewis to faith in Christ. And I was going to say, read, he wasn't a Christ follower, and, and then he became one. Correct. Yeah. So he became a Christ follower, and in one of his writings, and I, I'd have to look it up to remember which one it was, um, he was defending the faith, and he said, look, Christianity, when you think about Jesus Christ— either you think about what Jesus actually said, you go back to the scripture, you look at what he said, what he did, all of that, either he was insane. Mm-hmm. A lunatic. Either, yeah, because he actually believed it. Either he was lying the entire time in order to deceive people, or he really was yeah. who he said he was. And he, was the Lord. and he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Yeah, those are huge statements, and you would have to be a raving lunatic to believe that if it weren't true. And you'd have to be the most evil, maniacal mm. human on the planet to deceive the entire world. And it, quite frankly, would have been, and still is, the greatest deceit in, in the history of humans mm-hmm. to, to ha- if that were actually just a lie, or the other alternative, and the only other alternative— Jesus really did rise from the dead, and anybody who says, I'm going to be killed, I'm going to die, I'm going to be buried, and then three days later, I'm going to rise from the dead, anybody who says that, and it happens, there's somebody that you have to listen to and say, (laughs) there's... There's a difference because that's never been done before. Everybody, anybody can say, "Hey, I'm going to be killed for what I believe." Mm-hmm. I mean, that that's a no-brainer, right? Yeah. I can, I can. Lots of people tick enough that. people yeah. off that I can guarantee that somebody yeah. would kill me yeah. if I wanted to. But, but, but you, you can't just say I'm going to die, but I'm going to come back to life. Oh, and by the way, it'll be three days. So, mm-hmm. so the resurrection, the the early church would have believed this yeah. because they saw it. Well, one thing too that they so. They didn't, of course, they didn't call it Easter. We've named that over the years. But um, one thing they did celebrate, which we've kind of lost some of this history and tradition over the years, is is the feast. You know, the seven feast of the of the Israel, the Jewish church. But one of the one of those feasts is the feast of first fruits, and that actually fell on the same day as resurrection. And that that's not something they would have missed. Um, yeah, I mean that that is definitely something they would have missed. And and the first fruits is symbolic of of spring of things that were dead coming back to life and God restoring that which was. Um, and what I love about this though, it's the feast of first fruits, and it's not to miss the word first. You know, to your question, Jeff, like should we just celebrate it one day a year? Well, the word first actually implies it's just the start. And so, you know, Jesus' resurrection from the dead is the first fruit. 
it's actually just the first. Now it's the resurrection of us and the resurrection of the church. It's just the just the beginning. So that that's that wouldn't have been lost on that early church that this felt coincidentally, no, no, no coincidence with God. It fell on first fruits on that feast. And that is something they did celebrate. So And let's dig into that just a little bit more in contemporary times for now, because we've 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 taught this and yet I think we need to reiterate it a little bit more. Jeff mentioned it a minute ago, said Jesus died, and then three days later he came back to life. And you start doing the math. Wait a minute. He <laughs> died on Good Friday. He right. came back to life on Easter Sunday. That's two days. So how on, So the Scripture must be lying because it says on the third day he would rise. But mm. we also have to remember the context of what's being written, and it was being spoken to the Jewish community. Their days were not midnight to midnight. Right. It was sundown to sundown. And so he died on Friday afternoon. That's day one. Mm-hmm. Um, day two began at sunset Friday night. And that was why it was so important to get him off the cross, to put him in the tomb, mm-hmm. and to be done. Because right. that what, what also happened on that Friday evening at uh, at sundown was the Sabbath. Yeah. They, that's why it was so important to get him in there. But then, so that so that Sabbath represents day two. Day three would actually start what what Kevin was talking about a moment ago. That feast started Saturday evening mm-hmm. at sunset. That represents day three. So it is that's the right. scripture says he was he he would die and be raised on the third day. In their understanding of language, day one meant that very day. It wasn't the next day. So we would say the next day, but it's not. So Friday was day one, Saturday was day two, Saturday at sunset started day three, which is the same time the feast actually started. Mm. So that just just for the listener says, hey, three days later, that's not three days later. It it is if you understand the context that it was being written in. Yeah, and that's an important note because we read the Scripture through our own lens of understanding for our own culture too often. And really, it has to be understood through the context in which it was written and first understood. So that's an excellent point. Mm. Um, you know, this Easter, we're going to be doing a... Um, probably my, the fa- my favorite part of the entire day is uh, for our sunrise service, we're doing testimonies from some of our folks who have... Uh, experience the power of the resurrection in their own life. And those testimonies, I think, are powerful because it's it's a modern-day retelling of Mary Magdalene and, and mm. the, the women who come back and say, he's, he's risen, he's mm. risen. So let's talk about that a little bit. How, what does the resurrection mean to you today? I mean, mm. it, it, it's a story, yeah. which... All, we believe it's a true story, and you know, obviously we don't have time in the next yeah. uh, t- 20 minutes of this podcast to go through all of the evidence of the resurrection. I would simply say yeah. there, has, there has been there, more books than could possibly yeah. be read you know, by a person on my, this topic. My favorite defenses of that always have been nobody has ever been yeah. produced, and, yeah. and, and there is so many people over the years, I mean, wars and centuries, and, you know, if they would anything— the, the skeptics no would like dead to do. body has been produced. That's right. <laughs> well, yeah, true. Yeah, true. Uh, but it, to the skeptic, to the ones that have fought the wars, that that's the one thing that would just you know never been produced. And 
Anyway, yeah, we could go on on eyewitnesses, yeah. eyewitness accounts, non-biblical and biblical. I mean, there's just yeah, there's just so much proof of the of the resurrection. You know, and and the old swoon theory that he didn't really die; he had just passed out. He yeah. wasn't he wasn't really dead. He was just kind of in a comatose state. I'm not dead yet. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Yes, very that weird. Would, okay, that would that be very that. yeah. But 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 that would be impossible. Yeah, completely impossible because as a condemned criminal by the Roman guard, right. they would not have allowed a live person to come right. off of that cross, period, yeah. in the story. That yeah. just that just wouldn't yeah. happen. They're not that incompetent. No. And I mean, you also consider the brutality of yeah. what he endured even before going on the cross. Yeah. I, I remember uh, watching the Passion for Christ, Passion mm, of Christ movie years wincing ago. Wincing the whole way through. Yeah, I, I was, it, it was so weird. Like, I actually was, this sounds so bad, weird, but like I was glad when he got on the cross because the beatings were so brutal in that movie. I was just, I almost felt relief when he finally got on the cross because like I was able to rest, you know, because those beatings were, oh. You know, oftentimes a criminal would not survive the beatings, that yeah. the beatings themselves yeah. would, would be more than they could take. Yeah. Um, but then again, the Romans were masters at, at torture. Right. They had perfected. My favorite, the, one of the favorite things I've learned about the cross is that we invented a word to describe the pain of the mm-hmm. cross. Excruciating. The yeah. X and the cruciate yeah, yeah. it's out of the cross yeah that is that is a remarkable kind of pain yeah that was designed to be prolonged too yeah. i mean again you didn't die from bleeding you died from suffocation or mm-hmm. basically from drowning you could not catch a breath mm-hmm. so just think of it that uh, it's probably i probably should be careful on this but um Imagine not being able to catch your breath for a prolonged period of time, like you are always struggling to get a little bit more air, a lot like an asthma attack. Mm. That's a, that's an anxious, yeah. horrible, suffocating, drowning kind of a feeling. Yeah, you'd rather just go ahead and die. You'd rather just go ahead and die. Yeah. And yet that was what they did to a criminal on a cross. Yeah. And had it not been the Sabbath that was happening mm-hmm. that evening, they, they would have left the bodies there. I mean, mm-hmm. they would... People died over courses of days. Yeah, uh, took courses of days to to die many times. Which is why they broke the legs on most of the criminals, so that they could prolong the pain and keep mm. them from being able to rise up and catch a breath. So it was a calculated torture, is what it mm-hmm. was. And then, of course, the scripture says that not a bone was broken, which was mm-hmm. against normal protocol. Because it, here, here's what I love. Ah, oh, so good. He did. He wasn't killed. He gave his That's life. Right. Absolutely, such a big difference. Yeah, it's not just words. They That's a didn't man kill on him. Cross. Oh, absolutely. a man's man. Yeah, he he chose to give up yeah. his ghost, as the scriptures call it. I mean, it. Let, let's not forget the words he said on the cross. I don't remember all seven of the sayings, but you know, he, he while he's up Eli, there, Eli, Eli, yeah. Sabbath and I. That was Mel Gibson's version. That was awesome. But I I mean, I, even on the cross, Father, forgive them. They don't yeah. know what they're doing. And then... Behold, I, this is your yeah. son. Well, and then, you know, <laughs> it, it is finished. I mean, it is, it, finished. it is finished is to me saying, all right, now I will do what I'm supposed to do. Not because of your timetable, because of my timetable. I mean, that's I, that's my Jesus, man. He's looking him in wow. the face. He's doing his thing. Think of that. I mean, we, we watch these war movies, and we watch these guys who are tortured and go into these camps, and we, we, we hail them as heroes, as we should, you know, because they endure all this stuff, and they come out the other side alive. Well, 
that's what Jesus did. I mean, he he looked his enemies in the face and actually said, forgive them. <laughs> they don't even know what they're doing. Forgive them. And then he's looking at the ones on the cross and saying, today you're going to be with me in paradise. While he can't breathe, while he's excruciating pain, he's forgiven people. <laughs> and then he finally says, all right, it's now my time. Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. It's finished. That's awesome. <laughs> That's our God, man. He was in complete control, complete control the whole time. Can you imagine, because we have some stories of the of the soldiers at the foot, but can you imagine just really real time being there in that moment and looking up at this guy going, I've seen crucifixions my whole life. I'm a Roman soldier. Yeah. What in the world is up with this guy? Wow. He's forgiven people. He's telling them they're going to be in paradise. And then he's looking, I, I imagine, this is the way I picture it, I imagine him looking down at the soldiers, almost kind of winking and saying, yeah, Father, now's the time. It's finished. I mean, it, it, complete control. Wow. Hmm. And, you know, with the knowledge that he knew, it's all changing in three days. All changing. And it changes our understanding, too, when we realize that he was fully God and yet fully man at that mm-hmm. moment. So it wasn't as if there was some supernatural pain relief either. He right. was feeling the I weight of, of the torturous brutality yeah. on his body. Yes. And he still said what he said. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that is unbelievable. Yeah, we, we can't take flu shots. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. I mean, come on. Like, yeah. this is... And listen, please, for those of you who are listening, we're not being cavalier about this all. We're really sitting here discussing this in awe and wonder. Yeah. Just at the whole thought that that this this moment in history actually took place, I'm 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 humbled and amazed at yeah. it. Um, but your your question a minute ago though was so what do we do? Like, is it just that Sunday, or how do we how do we live with the resurrection? Like, I don't know how you worded it originally, but how do we live with this resurrection mindset the whole year? Or what does this mean? And uh, to me, once again, it does go back to that feast of first fruits and that word first being the key to that thing, um, that this was just the beginning. I mean, this truly was the beginning. Um, but that one man, God man, Jesus Christ, resurrecting from the dead was the very first of all of mankind. I mean, that was the start of the total redemption of, of everything. And uh, first fruits, God redeeming the, the land, bringing spring back into life um, from the dead. That's, that's, that's exactly what happened here. Jesus was the first fruits, and there's multiples more to come. That's us. That's the church. So I, I think that's the mindset we live with. That's, that's what we live with every single day is, um, and, and how does that play out in my day-to-day life? It doesn't always, it should, but in every single opposition I come across and everything that comes down my path, if I can live with a reminder of, you know what, it's all going to be made right. The first fruits has happened. Resurrection has happened. There's nothing in this life that can nothing defeat that. that. Nothing, nothing trumps at all. That. That's it. Yeah. So Which, which is why, uh, I think it's First Peter that says, we do not grieve like the rest of them yeah. who have no hope. Right. You know, so it doesn't say we don't grieve. We do grieve when we lose when when somebody yeah. dies, but our grief is a different kind of grief. It's a grief that is that is enriched with a hope of yeah. okay, this this body's gone. Yeah. But when we go to a funeral and we see the the open casket at the front of that 
church, you know, we all go look at that body. The most alive person in that entire building is that person laying in that box at that point. I mean, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, if they're a believer, that's they are the most alive than is any. I mean, we don't usually maybe we should say that, you know, at at funerals, because that's the truth. That is absolute truth. It's kind of kind of the same feeling you get when when somebody is much or not the same feeling, but the same com- kind of conversation you get when somebody's much older, they've been struggling with some t- sort of a physical ailment, just a very difficult, mm. you know, couple of years or several months, and they die, but they're a believer, and and the sadness is overshadowed by the relief of no more pain, no more right. suffering, no more sickness. Mm-hmm. You know, I can think of several of our saints who have yeah. died yeah. who the 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 pain of the loss was on my part, not on their part. Yeah. They're they're going, man, if you could see me now, yeah. you know, you'd yeah. never ever Right. You know, just like that song I guess that yep. Truth said. Yeah. Truth. Um, wow, that's good. Yeah. That's, that's old Big fans. Shout yeah. out to Truth. Yeah. Thank you for listening, Truth. <laughs> Brent, you've been researching there. What you got? Well, I was trying. This was bringing back to mind some of the music that we listen to on Christian radio, and I was trying to research to accurately <laughs> name the song, and I can't remember it. But and I couldn't sing it find for it. us. We'll I tell you. I can't even remember how it goes. I just remember the lyrics that, and I've heard my children singing. I've heard our teenagers and and adults sing it. It and it's been several years, but it was a song where Jesus could have called ten thousand angels to come and take his place. Mm. And we sing that as a Christian song, and we celebrate it. And to me, it's a reminder that just because a song says something that feels good doesn't make it truth, even if it's on the Christian radio, because that's not truth. It's not true. If Jesus had called 10,000 angels to take his place, there's no number of angels. There's no number of anything Mm -hmm. that could have taken his place. only one. He's the only one Mm -hmm. that could have. Mm. And so... You know, we start thinking about one of the things we talked about, Easter songs. You know, what songs are we going to sing on Easter Sunday? Mm-hmm. What's it going to be like? Is it going to be, you know, up-tempo? Is it going to be hymns? You know, is it is it traditional? Is it something that's new? You do but, know we're now singing hymns and hers, right? But, uh, oh, gosh. But the I'm whole, just kidding. I'm just kidding. The, the hermnal. But the whole idea of of the things that we it sing, we need, to be, we need to be careful what it is that we're that we're singing. I don't know. There's something about the music. It's like, if I read it, I don't know if it's just me. I feel like it's, it's more natural the way that we're wired. If I read it, I'll question it. But if I listen to it, yeah, it, it sounds yeah. good. I, I'm, I'm repeating it, but I'm not even thinking about the song. Yeah. The we've melody that, clouds the theology. Yeah, we, we've, we've talked about that just from eighties music that we've yeah. listened to or, or that I've misspoken or misquoted for, physical. you know, 40 years. Remember that one? Um, <laughs> Yeah. But we, we could go in a really bad direction. The, the, anyway, cell be careful. <laughs> be careful, little ears, what you hear. Uh, sorry. Was that single celled emotion? Wasn't it the one you, you had? I what? don't. It was. It was. <laughs> that was funny. Yeah. That's an excellent point, though. We yeah. we take down our theological discernment. Gosh, you know what? This is a whole other topic. Yeah. It really yeah. is. But for Easter, it's important. Um, one of the songs, uh, above all, you know, the, the thought of me. Yeah. Above all. Yeah. yeah. And I had never thought of it until Frank Baggett said, that's, that's a theologically yeah. inaccurate song. He said, don't be messing with a good song now. Yeah. He said, but the problem is, and, and 
he wasn't necessarily saying don't sing it. He was saying be cognizant of this, that mm -hmm. you weren't who he thought of above all. It was the glory of God that he thought of. Right. He came to do his Father's will. Now, we were part of that equation, mm -hmm. but we weren't the... We weren't the main thing that was going on. And you know, even now you say that and people go, wait a minute, no, no, Jesus died for me. Well, kind of. Yeah, he did. I mean, and the good yeah. news is the, the glory he was he was in yes. sense, the glory of God. But the good news is that, that the heart of the Father was on I mean Yes. Because we do it, you know, Father forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. So he, you know, we do have some in the very last breaths he's thinking of. But you're right. He's doing the Father's will. And I think it only really matters if we take the songs and we build a theology that is man-centered sure, sure. from that. Yeah. And and I think we do that a lot of times just kind of by accident. Uh, you ever thought of this, of how much theology we have built from songs? Absolutely. Yeah. Like, um, I find myself in preaching sometimes having to question, wait a minute, is that really how it happened, or is that what what Carmen said happened? Because hmm. you know Carmen, the the, yeah. the singer, did a lot of story telling songs. Ten, <laughs> nine. Okay, wait, I won't, wait, I won't, I'm yeah, I go into the old. People listening to this have got to be thinking, you guys are <laughs> on something today. Yeah, but but think about it. Yeah. We 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 retell the story from mm -hmm. a song we heard, or right. or from a story we heard, and we're going, wait a minute, that's actually not what happened in the Bible. All that being said, the resurrection? It's the heart. It's it the, is heart the heart of heart. And here's the here's the good news, great news too. Part of my background, um, grew up as a uh, my dad was a Navy chaplain. He was a Southern Baptist pastor, but he was a Navy chaplain for many years. And uh, I grew up going to what we call the Protestant services. And in some of the bases we lived at, um, you'd have a Lutheran one week, an Episcopal the next, and a Pentecostal the next, and a Baptist the next, and a Method, and they rotated the preaching. Um and they all brought their own style, you know, and that, that yep. denomination's flair with them. But here's the thing I did learn, uh, mostly my middle school years, was this. They all preached the death and the burial and the resurrection of Jesus. And mm. that is really, truly the heart of, that is Christianity. Yeah. I know we diverge on other theologies and stuff, but at the heart, that's Christianity. And if you can get that right... That's the most important thing. There's other things to get right, but that's the thing to get right, you know? Well, that's what I classify as a heaven or hell issue. Yeah, it's it, right. That's, Essentials. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But think of how many of the gospel conversations never even mention the resurrection, or if they do, it's in passing. You know, uh, I, when I think of the gospel sharing plans that I've, that I've heard and taught and learned and, and used, not many of—well, I say not many of them— most of them are, the resurrection is a small part of it, and it seems to be the complete opposite when it comes to where Paul, the Apostle Paul was, yeah. or the early disciples. But I think that's also because what what you're describing is geared toward a Western mentality. I don't see that as what's evident in other parts of the world that are not Christianized, or not as Christianized. I, yeah, I, th I, think, I think Again, right. it goes back to the... To the very beginning, when we said the the resurrection has become commonplace, it's not. It's like everybody, even if you're not a Christian, you know that Christians celebrate resurrection. Therefore, if you're having a conversation with somebody about Jesus, that's just assumed. assumed. Yeah, 
Now that that doesn't make it correct, but perhaps that's part of the reason is just this Western Westernized mentality of assumed understanding of Jesus. We do have, you're right, we have a an American gospel that is kind of watered down the message, but at the heart of this thing, I mean, we have a man that was born of a virgin, that was born by the Holy Spirit, that lived a perfect sinless life and died and came back from the dead. I mean, we have to hold on to that. Like, that really is, if, if, if we don't, do that. I mean, we really don't have a gospel. That is the gospel. We have to. You're right. It has been watered down, but we got to get back to that. Even in America, like, and I think we are. I think I that too. the coming persecution for believers across the world and in our own country will demand that the the the, the resurrection once again become the central theme of our faith, because after all, how how why should you continue to believe what you believe? If there is no resurrection, if there right. is no hope, you're, you're an unbeliever out there, and you're living in this crazy, crazy, chaotic world. The hope we extend is we have a God that beat death, and I mean, beat death. <laughs> like that's a lot better than you know, follow Jesus, and your life will get a little bit better, and you know, your money may get better. I mean, like it's no, we, the ultimate trump card, like you said, that's what we offer. That's what we need to offer. That's what we have to offer. A couple of weeks ago, you had a, a illustration that was mm-hmm. was perfect. You mm-hmm. on a Sunday morning, um, you said, "Look, when I watch the game, I, I I record it, but sometimes I'll sneak and I'll I'll see who won." Oh yeah. And then when I'm watching, even though my team is losing, I'm like, "It's okay." I know the outcome. I know I know the final score. Yeah. And that's exactly what happens mm-hmm. for a believer who understands that yep. because he has risen, there's a promise from God that we too share in that same hope and that same glory. And so if you're listening today and you have um, uh, a difficult situation, I want to remind you of the hope of the gospel. Mm-hmm. The hope of the gospel is not the death of Jesus. Anybody can die. The hope of the gospel, the good news, is that death has been defeated. Hell has been defeated. Mm. The, the greatest stronghold in a person's life, the greatest um, uh, um, um, danger to a person's life, death, has been completely defeated by Jesus Christ. And because of, of that, you have hope. And so, you know, as Paul said, for me to live as Christ, to die... It's to gain. Yeah. So so I want you to hold on to that. Um, thank you for listening. Do you guys have any other uh, comments or thoughts? That- if, if somebody listening right now is in that place right now, and they're just questioning if they are salvation, if they are a Christian, or um, maybe they've never done it, uh, reach out to us, yeah. and um, we, would, we would love to have that conversation with you. But uh, Honestly, it doesn't promise a bed of roses life, but it does promise you that you have the hope of eternity and you have the hope of Christ now living within within you. And um, even in the middle of the storms, you can live. Live. So, yeah, so reach out to us. Call us at 867-5309. And we'll be <laughs> glad to... Uh... Ask for Jenny. <laughs> that was so stupid. That was so dumb. Yeah. <laughs>
Oh, send us a message. Oh, we like hate mail, please. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you're still listening, with that's uh, awesome. Brent, you get the final word. <laughs> Jesus is the answer <laughs> for the world today. Above him, there's no other. <laughs> Jesus is the man. With that, that's better than eight six seven five. That is better. At least give us a yeah. <laughs> hey, if you're if uh, if you will share this, uh, let a friend know uh, that we're on the air, and um, y'all have a great day. Yep. Thank you for listening to Messy Christianity. Three guys talking about life, faith, and everything in between. Want to know more? Check us out at www.storypointchurch.com or www.messychristianity.com.